0: What the truck? You are
1: listening to
2: What
1: the
3: Truck? Hey, welcome to What the Truck. I'm Dooner here with the dude Michael Vincent, and I have to tell you, man, uh, this morning, kids' last day of school. Congratulations, kids! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Elementary school boys, and uh, you know, in light of like what happened in Rob, I mean. It's a weird time. Cause like so much of the like the the yeah. like especially this past week is my kids' end of festivities. We're coming out of COVID. They're finally having rehearsals, and all of those kind of things. And um, I just feel so bad for the the parents out in uh, out in Texas, man.
1: Oh man, the whole thing is just awful. It made my uh, sick to my stomachs yesterday to see that. that yeah, come through? I had one response. I, I heard it from you actually through Slack. I was just I was working, you you put that out through Slack and. I saw it. I my, that was my reaction. It was just horror. I had nothing to say.
3: Yeah, we're not. I mean, we're not going to get deep into that today. We're going to get to mm. freight. Uh, I just agree. I agree with what Steve Kerr said. I don't know if you saw that online last night, but uh, I agree with what he had to say. You know, we have our own little battle going on here. Sometimes we a have little. to set aside our differences, but sometimes we can't. And one of them has been over <laughs> potato salad. Check out this clip right here where I was getting dunked on nonstop on our last show. Potato salad. Eggs or no Eggs. Eggs. Yes, you don't get a cowbell, I guess. He doesn't even have a cowbell. <laughs> no. Eggs or no eggs in the potato salad? I would say eggs. <sighs> That's, I, I gotta stop asking these Southerners. I gotta
1: talk to somebody from the Northeast. Finally, north. get no egg answer out of me. <laughs> Question for her then? I bet I know what it is.
3: Potato salad. Eggs or no eggs? Eggs. eggs oh I knew she was gonna say eggs. I, I was almost gonna so fart.
1: Tell you, don't ask her because I, I know what I the know. answer is already. I, I
3: looked where the company was based. <laughs> I, I knew I was in for it. The tide turned, though. The tide turned yesterday when you set yourself up on Freight Waves Now when you were interviewing Grace Sharkey. Fake news. And you asked her this question thinking you'd get even more support, but I finally got a point on the board. Take a listen.
0: No eggs, no eggs, no eggs, no eggs. <laughs> if that
3: couldn't be any more clear, Grace obviously isn't on team eggs. I got to make up some ground, though, with uh, the TV team who will be judging this. We are doing our uh, potato salad, dude, our potato salad contest on Friday. I got I got no eggs in mind. You're going eggs. I'm going traditional New York uh, deli. I style.
1: can't believe you're hanging your head on one misguided Michigan State fan from, from the north saying no eggs. And she didn't even say, you, you totally took that out of context, dude. No, I didn't.
3: Yes, that she was did. not clever editing. Looking, you think that's like a Boy, H- I agree it wasn't clever, something? but it
1: was editing. Get out of
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my win. Let me have my win. You're already up by three you. votes. i give it to you. I'll All right, it on it. the show, and I'm also getting dunked on online, like, nonstop yeah, by people. I, I may it. have picked the wrong team here, but, uh, you know, taste. I
1: had no idea. I thought I was going to be in a minority, to tell you the truth. Well, I really did.
3: On the show today, we're going to talk about why big ships are ruining everything. We got the latest news in electric trucks. Freightliner brains getting stolen, uh, creating cultural recognition for drivers. Trucker foils a formula scheme, and more so... Let's stop fighting about this potato Let's salad. Do it, man. Let's go dunk on some shifts with Rachel Premack, but first got to tip the band. All right, let's see here. Net zero emissions by 2035. That's the headline from AIT Worldwide Logistics Sustainability Report. But just one aspect of their overall commitment to corporate social responsibility. Whether it's protecting the planet, nurturing the communities where we live and work, or ensuring high-quality business continuity, AIT is taking action today to deliver a better tomorrow. Learn more
1: at Tell them, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. immediately after this show.
3: Now, Rachel Premack, she joined the team a little while ago. She joined this show a few weeks ago, and she's here to join us again, except this time she's the proud owner of the most read article ever on FreightWaves.com. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Who knew Talking S about giant ships would track so well?
2: Yeah, people are really mad at big ships, and I think... They're right. They're right
3: to be mad. Well, I think, you know, because we had our venting period, like, you know, a lot of shippers had their venting period. The media seemed to have their venting period uh, last year in the fall. Right. And now that it's out of like the mainstream news cycle that no one's really going to to bat for people who are upset about these container steamship lines, except for us on the freight side. And your article obviously resonated with a lot of people because so many of these issues that we talked about last year, they're still persisting right now to this very day.
2: Right, exactly. I think I think people in the mainstream started to become aware of the issues with these um oversized ships, uh, with the Suez Canal, Evergreen Evergreen ever given debacle last year. And then once supply chains really started to become part of the day to day conversation, I think last summer, that's when people started really getting more and more into shipping. Um, but the issue hasn't gone away. Oh my
1: <laughs> look at that You know the, that.
3: that's not even the ever Uranus is not away. even the worst offender that's why we seized it she's only 6,000 TEUs in your article you're talking you were talking about how in 2006 this arms race began right this vessel arms race started beginning and it kind of tipped the scales in where we are now tell us the story of what happened there
2: Right. So, container shipping was introduced in 1956, and from the decades following that, ships have kind of steadily gotten bigger and bigger. But about 20 years ago, that arms race just really got more and more intense. So, when you look at the every every year, a new record size ship is introduced. So, the largest ship, uh, looking from 1981 to today, that's Increased by sixfold as that as that chart shows, and the largest sh- ship class of a given year has increased by fifty percent from 2012 to today. And the problem is that at a certain point, these ships obviously do provide economies of scale at at, um, at certain levels, but they're getting so big that they actually are costing ocean carriers more than uh, they're saving.
1: Wow. It's amazing. So what was the driving force behind these, this arms race? What, what, why build these huge mega ships?
2: Yeah. So experts kind of point to 2006 is when uh, Maersk, which is the largest ocean carrier by far, they introduced the Emma Maersk, which was at that time a massive, uh, a massive container ship. Um, And nowadays that ship is kind of a, you know, not not quite as impressive as it was today the uh largest ships that we're seeing on the oceans right now are twenty four thousand teus. peus um but the the motivation for ocean carriers to get involved in this is the idea that the bigger the ship is the more containers you can fit the less it, the the more you save per container in moving it um from port to port and and like i said it makes sense but these ships get so big at a certain point that they don't provide the cost savings anymore, and in many cases, uh, are more economically dangerous than they are um, beneficial for ship for ocean carriers.
3: So, when we talk about the like the A series of these vessels, these evergreens, in your article it mentions something like uh, economically over like twenty four thousand TUs, it, the ships no longer making money. So, why the ego need to make something like? the ever a series vessels, like the ever a lot that is clearly just over 24,000 just to say it is just to say they reached that that goal isn't that like a a a strange thing to do with a steamship like a strange ego play it's not like you're building a building here you're building a working steamship
2: i that would be a great question to ask the ocean carriers what motivates them to do this i mean i think we all know we can all think of businesses that are doing the wrong thing, just kind of oh, to yeah. <laughs> yeah. be part of its, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of it's almost like a copycat message rather than you know a business plan that really makes any sense. Uh, but part of the issue, if, if ports, if we saw a similar investment into ports that we saw into making bigger and bigger ships, um, it, the economics might be a little bit more palatable, but. The, the ultimate issue is that these ocean carriers are introducing bigger and bigger ships. And if everyone's doing this, then we're flooding the market with capacity. Demand isn't changing as a result of them making these big ships. So, you know, supply goes way up. Demand is about the same. Mm-hmm. And race fall in response.
3: Well, yeah. I was just reading on Splash, right? They said, according to Alphala, there are now under there's under 900 ships totaling six point. 6.8 million TEUs due to be built at yards around the world. According to Alphaliner, the pipeline of these container new buildings is bigger than the combined existing fleets of Costco, Hapag, Lloyd, and Evergreen, the world's fourth, fifth, and sixth largest lines. In 2023 and 2024, a massive 319 and 263 vessels are going to be delivered uh, comparatively. are we? Is that going to drive rates back down to where we were for
2: 20 years until COVID hit? right I mean that that seems to be the way things are going I would say the interesting thing about um, uh, ocean carriers and you could even apply this to the trucking markets as well the during good times everyone goes in they're saying okay you know we're gonna we have all this access to capital we are flush with cash let's build all these ships let's keep expanding our fleet but eventually things will crash you know what goes up what goes will go down in both shipping and in trucking, you get incredible highs and incredible lows, and everything happening with COVID has only made those highs higher, and we'll see just how low uh, you know, things can fall back down. So it, it does seem that a lot of these ocean carriers are, are really being bullish when it comes to building more and more and expanding more and more. But this demand, this incredible unprecedented demand we've been seeing, that will eventually soften.
1: Agree. And they're killing their own flexibility by having it all in one ship yeah. instead of two or three, right? You can't blank sail half a ship. You're still moving that ship around with, with yeah. empty. But also this this affects the port operations and then eventually onto the trucks. What's the impact been on the trucks? Has it been negative because of this? Can we point to those mega ships as part of the problem with uh, inland trucking? I mean, look at this line in New York, New Jersey yeah.
4: right here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the kind of the, the big ship trucking connection is that there aren't that many ports that can handle these mega ships. You know, you've got Long Beach, LA, you've got New York, New York, New York and Newark, uh, Savannah and Charleston. There's, There are many ports across the US, but not that many of them can handle a 24,000 container ship. So that's that's what causes backlogs, like what you're seeing here. Um, All of the trucking capacity, all of the ships, they're all going to a few ports that can handle the sort of capacity rather than spreading it out to smaller ports or just kind of spreading the load a bit more equally.
3: No, that video just kept going the whole time you were talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. just How on, is that amazing. Well, on? no, and if you th- and it wasn't a loop, and if you think about it too, I mean, you, you talk yeah. about these vessels that get up to twenty four thousand TUs. You talk about raising the Bayonne Bridge, yeah. but if you don't increase the port size to increase with the massive vessel size, this doubling of vessel size, it takes twice as many trucks to pull these containers out there. So you have to yeah. you ca- you have to account for that. The cup is only so big, and I think that we're seeing some of the ram. Obviously, we're seeing some of the ramifications for that. Rachel's story is on FreightWaves.com. Yeah. Rachel, what's coming up? next on uh, on Modes or on Freightways.com at EU.
2: Yeah, so I am working on a piece right now. I'm going back to trucking. Uh, I'm working on a piece right now about how used truck prices may have finally reached their peak um, in quarter one of this year, and we are seeing seeing some softening from those record high prices.
3: Well, that's good news. Awesome. That should be good news for uh, for rates and for people looking to get equipment. Yeah. Uh, now, Rachel, before we let you go, Potato salad, eggs or no eggs?
2: (laughs) Honestly, I don't eat a lot of potato salad, but, and I was thinking about it during the intro, I am going to have to go with no eggs.
3: Yeah, there we go. It's turn of the tide. It was like, yeah. (laughs) It's like a good hockey game, man.
1: You went up three
3: nothing, but well, Grace has
2: no eggs too. It must be a Michigan thing or a Northerner thing, like you were saying earlier.
1: I'm from I'm from Northeast Ohio. I'm going to pull the goalie eggs.
3: this 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 okay. round. I'm
1: going to pull the goalie today. You're pulling the goalie. I'm going to Pull the goalie <laughs> to put me over the top. Thank you <laughs> so much, Rachel. We appreciate check the your time scoreboard. Today. Check the scoreboard.
3: Thanks for having me take it easy <laughs> right electric trucks man they get a lot of ink a lot of a, a lot of moving around a lot of they this do. year a lot of traction finally right we're starting to see yeah. electric trucks being delivered to beverage companies and dryage operators and yeah. regionals and cisco just announced they're buying 800 e-cascadia's and there's a lot been people are stealing the brains out of these things too so there's a lot going on we need to talk to alan <laughs> adler who's returning to what the truck to set us straight on the world of ev trucks what's up alan
0: it's great to be back. It's been a while, guys. Oh, well, not for you, Michael. We, we parry regularly. Yeah, uh, yeah. so electric trucks. Um, yeah, well, I Alan, I'll tell you something. One of story. the reasons
3: it's been a while is I watch Freight Waves Now, and you're a regular on there, so like in my subconscious, I'm like, well, Alan's on What the Truck all the time, but you're really not. You're on Freight Waves now. That's why I got you a recurring slot, so now you will be on monthly on the show, so I don't forget to have you on because I want to talk about electric trucks.
0: Awesome. Well, that's great. So let's talk about it. Um, I think what we saw with the Cisco purchase um, out, out through twenty twenty six is a step change in in the whole electric truck space for you know class eight trucks. Anyway, um, we have already seen a good bit of movement in the you know box trucks, class six and below, mm-hmm. four and five. Those were already at parity from a TCO perspective. I think. Um, you know, all the studies show that, and I think the experience is playing out that way. When you get to the Class 8, though, you're still looking at needing subsidies, and most of these trucks uh, probably will get subsidies. Uh, you know, there's a program in California called HVIP, which is basically covering about a third of the upfront cost of acquisition. And, you know, this uh, Cisco is a great choice, though, really, for a truck that'll get you roughly 230 miles on a single charge. That's that's the advertised a typical number for the new Casc- Cascadia, E-Cascadia, excuse me. So they're great. Uh, they're in a, a sweet spot for that given the kind of work they do delivering food to restaurants and hospitals and schools and so forth. So a good move for them. But I think that um, – are These these are the I trucks we're that, looking at too, right? These are the E-Cascadia. Yeah, they're really, really slick-looking. Yeah, I mean, gorgeous, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, that's your new Cascadia model, uh, you know, with some uh, uh, some sculpting along the, the front end there, uh, you know, for more aerodynamic and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, this is uh, this is the truck, and um, you know, I mean, Cascadia's market leader. Uh, Freightliner is a market leader, forty plus percent of all trucks. Uh, you know, they they haven't really made a big deal out of talking about every order they get. Uh, they usually leave that to the customer. In mm-hmm. this case, Cisco. Uh, I think you're going to see some more of this kind of stuff coming up. We've got a 300-truck order from Maersk for uh, Enride, which is a startup that we don't pay a lot of attention to. Um, you've got uh, 100 here, 50, 60 there for Volvo. Uh, Peterbilt seems to still be down in the teens and uh, most of their orders and, and, and Kenworth. But um, it, it's it's coming, guys. It really is. It's coming quickly. So, Alan, one of the questions I have is about the
1: the subsidies, you know, for the upfront purchase, et cetera. One of the other issues is the infrastructure at the at the customer's uh, location, right? To to be able to charge these and be able to, you know, pull energy off the grid is part of that. In those subsidies, is that why it's becoming more popular? Is there talk about that?
0: Well, separate subsidies, really, Michael. You're you're talking about, you know, this is just the truck subsidy from the mm-hmm. Fit program essentially moves money from one pocket at the carb controls to the other. They pull in money from fines for diesel. They put it in the other pocket and give you money off, uh, you know, and and basically, you know, create a policy toward electric trucks by doing that. And uh, they just put up, you know, $400 million, give or take, for uh, incentives most of that money i think has been already claimed uh for for class eight uh you know and in fact they they even give you more money if you're using it in drayage and then they give you even more if you locate it in what they call a disadvantaged community which would be one of those routes that goes in and out of the ports that mm-hmm. you were just showing a, a few minutes ago uh you know where those trucks idle and wait and wait to get into the ports so you know that that is environmentally uh, awful for people and uh, so they're saying if you are going to base your truck out of uh, one of those areas one of the electric trucks that you know we'll give you extra money i think it's up to 100 and i think it's 168,000 on a single truck uh, purchase and if these are 300 plus that's obviously you know well over 35 40%
3: well, let me ask you something. So if I am, uh, I have a region, I'm a regional carrier, right? I want to go electric with a few of my trucks. Who should, who would you be talking to? Just in your own opinion, who would you be talking to right now? Would I talk to Nicola? Do I talk to the, do I want an E-Cascadia? Which option do you think looks good? Or do I pre-order a Tesla Semi and just wait for whenever the hell that
0: shows up? <laughs> 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 let's get to that one in a minute. Yeah. I think I think right now you you've got you've got choices. You've got uh, and let's talk just about range because depending uh, what you're doing, if you're doing you know uh, uh, delivery, kind of regional delivery or, or uh, you know distribution center to to store and that kind of thing, and, and you've got a regular route. Uh, you know that you can kind of control how many miles you're going to go Uh, you know you're probably fine a lot of them today doing are 150 miles of range right but these newer trucks are 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 kicking it up a little bit the Nikola's all the way up at 300 which is really about the max that you're going to get on batteries right now uh, and without having to add so many batteries that you could eat into the cargo capacity so uh, you know you're talking a 29,000 pound truck at Nikola. Uh, before you ever add a, a single pound of, of freight. So, you know, you've got, um, you, you've got to decide based on what your needs are, right? Drayage right now, uh, NFI will tell you, they want two round trips from sort of Chino or the, the Inland Empire uh, over to the ports in LA and Long Beach. Uh, give me two round trips. I can do that in about 280 miles. And guess what? That's right where the new Volvo VNR is um, right now. They they added batteries and boosted their range, so so they're in good shape to handle the drayage stuff. Daimler probably the freightliner probably not so much because it caps out around two thirty. Um, you could you could do some of it, but it's probably not ideal for drayage. And then I think with the Nikola truck, um, you know, you're probably looking at true regional haul capability there.
3: Well, I mean, if you're servicing the ports, you're thinking about this because of what's yeah, you happening got to be. You have to be. I mean, you yeah. have no choice. It's forced upon you or you can go and get a diesel engine that's after 2010. But like, do you want to make that? I mean, maybe you still do want to make that investment. I don't know how far off we are. Maybe you do because you can always you can always sell it. used. Yeah, I I mean,
1: you still got the camp that doesn't think electric. But let's say you have go. a regular
3: Cascadia. That's
5: dangerous, too. Look at this clip from Super Trucker. What kind of low life breaks into somebody else's truck just to steal a
0: part? <laughs> but, thousands of dollars on those so parts right there the county, guys right i mean you know that oh. wait super is going to steal his own cascadia brain now is he, go he steal just his saw own?
1: the
3: prices on those things oh. <laughs> so what is going on so super put this video out about 3 weeks ago we looked at it and we're like oh yeah that sounds like something but then i saw your article today and it seems like this is a pretty big issue
0: well it's growing and and it's funny because daimler you know you typically don't want to advertise your your dirty laundry your bad news right but daimler on monday puts out a press release and says hey uh, we're going after this uh, we're working with law enforcement we want you to you know basically uh, secure your modules the best you can you know digitally so they can't be taken and or they'll be useless if they are taken and that kind of thing but this is all about harvesting chips guys and there aren't enough chips out there and we are starting to hear from some people we uh, between Rachel and myself we've heard uh, from two drivers that have had their um, uh, their uh, powertrain control module or brains of the truck stolen uh, you know by thieves and so it is the new thing it's airbags it's catalyst all the stuff that you can take and make more money on in the black market you'll do and and as far as i can tell i've done some some checking around the last day or so it looks like it's a freightliner only issue that is freightliner and you know western star which is a sub brand but mm-hmm. uh but really you're you're talking about one truck it may be because of where they're located i don't know that yet um in the truck but they are accessible And, you know, you can have both smash and grab and you can have, you know, if you've got access to the truck, apparently somebody tells us it's, you know, unscrew four screws and you've got this thing. And then, you know, go start to pull the chips out of there, reprogram those chips and use it for other things. Um, That's where we're at. You need a removable
3: faceplate like they used to have on the car stereos. Remember? You take like oh, the, yeah, the, the yeah, front yeah. off yeah, your things yeah. and no one your would Al- break.
1: Your, your Alpine stereo? Yeah, well, yeah. I did have an Alpine that, uh, that did have that you
3: one. Did. You probably had the same I model I, I did. did. I absolutely
1: All did. did. All absolutely. right, before
3: I let you go, though, so I am very familiar with this pre-order page that Tesla has because I put an order in for a Cybertruck three years ago, which still has <laughs> not been delivered. I have no idea when it's coming. Show this pre-order page, please. This is the Tesla Semi. They got the stats here. Curious. There's something very curious missing here, which is the weight. I do not see the weight on here, which could be vitally important, uh, especially to a trucking company. But they serve $180,000 to pre-order this truck. Any possibility this comes out at $180,000 and you get it uh, in any recent amount of time?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Just no. (laughs) No. no, nope. I could be more colorful, but no will do. You know, let your yeses be yes, your no's be no. That's a no. Uh look, I, I think it's interesting that the the page now is taking, you know, they want they don't want just a you know, credit card deposit. They want a, a money transfer for the 15000 mm. piece of that. And that does suggest that somewhere down the line you're going to see these trucks. However, ask Frito-Lay where their trucks are. They were supposed to get them at the end of 2021. It looked like they were hand-building a few up in, uh, 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 what's that, Giga, Nevada. And we're probably going to give them to Frito-Lay. That didn't happen. Musk, for everything you'd say about him uh is smart he's going to build all the model y's all the model threes that he can because he doesn't need as many chips he can make a lot of money doing that um you you need five times the number of chips for a tesla semi so i think we're we're a ways out there and yeah i think it'll be next year yet again ellen
3: before we let you go most important question of the show potato salad eggs or no eggs
0: no eggs got to put the dill in and i want the pickles man put those pickles in there all
3: right, I'll consider it. I will consider adding Dill as my as my secret uh, my secret sauce. Alan, go check out Truck <laughs> Talk by Alan Adler. Subscribe to his newsletter, read his articles on FreightWaves.com. Thank you so much for coming back to the show.
0: Hey, thank you.
1: Thanks, Take Alan. Easy. I'll get you back next week. What uh, You stacked the show, dude. I did not. Anti-egg. <laughs> you definitely did. But what kind of a trucking company needs to be productive, safe, and profitable to stay in business, my friend? I don't know. Yours does, and that's why the folks who built KeepTrucking.com uh, just rebranded to Motive. Mm. Go safe. Go productive. Go profitable. Go motive.com. That's GoMotive.com. What was the motive?
3: All right, let's talk to <laughs> Adam Kahn. He's the president at Netrodine. He wants to talk about a culture of recognition for drivers. I'm excited to talk about that with him. So Adam, thanks for coming back on the show.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. This is a great opportunity. Um, um, I, I always uh, feel like this is a, when I get on your show, that means I have to shower. I have to shave. I have to put a little product in my hair, make, make myself pretty for you guys. Well, I was gonna well, say I,
3: I like your glasses. I dig them. It's springtime here, and the pond kills my eyes. So usually I have to wear glasses during the springtime here. Today uh, it actually rains, so it's not as bad. But uh, I've been I've been eyeballing everyone's glasses. I think if I have to wear these a lot, like what which kinds to get. So I appreciate that.
4: I am uh, I am making my path to be uh, like the uh, grumpy old man and up. So I'm, uh, <laughs> that's my you know you know my, my inner my inner Ed Asner is coming out, and I want to be that guy. You know that I have the balloons, and my house is going to go to the waterfall. And I'm ready. So I started with the glasses.
3: <laughs> well, Adam, why is it so hard to retain grumpy old and grumpy young uh, men and women in trucking?
4: Well, it, you know, for, for, the, for the amount of time that I've been in the space and the safety side of telematics, um, you know, knowing what the driver is doing well has been a mystery. Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of safety programs over the last 25 years have been centered around what the driver is not doing well. And, uh, you know, when you have those conversations over and over and over, you know, I'm, I'm 53. And if my boss said to me, hey, I, we need to talk, you know, I'm, I'm inherently programmed to think, oh, my God, what did I do? Right. So that's just how we process, you know, uh, interactions with superiors. And in the aspect of a, of a truck driver, you know, for the last 25, 30, 40 years, you know, the only thing that has kind of boiled up to the top is the things that they're not doing well. So I would tell you that, you know, that's exhausting, you know, for, you know, it's not exciting to go talk to your boss about hearing all the things you did not well after driving all week, you know, being on the road all week, not seeing your family. And the last thing you hear, you know, after your uh, after your trip is, well, let's sit down and talk about these five things that you really, you know, didn't perform well on. So I would tell you the missing element has been the ability to extract information about what the drivers are actually doing well, and and we're stepping into that now. We're stepping into that culture, and you know, I call it the sort of technology phase where you have you know high powered processors that can you know, dissect information very quickly and not wait for an event to happen, but also tell the story of, hey, you know, your driver. Here's an interesting fact: a driver that drives a hundred thousand miles per year drives about five hundred minutes per day. Right. So there's a whole equation I can show it to you, but, you know, it's pretty easy math about average 45 miles per hour. That's 500 minutes a day. Traditionally, the industry has looked at those three to five minutes where the driver might have lost focus. Uh, You know, they just hung up with their uh, with their family. They had an emotional feeling about that. They weren't, you know, they weren't concentrating and they lost focus. I would actually suggest that. Why not have a conversation about all 500 minutes? You know and what we're seeing uh, with some of the, the technology stack that we're that we're providing our customers is that the average customer somewhere in the 80 to 85 uh, percent of the amount of time they're doing exactly what you ask them to do they're not speeding they go to have good hand position their eyes are scanning the road they have good following distance you know these are all really great things to base your conversations with drivers around you know it's um, you know, I, I put my science hat on. It's a dopamine release, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about when you play uh, Xbox or PlayStation and uh, you're playing against your kid with Madden and you score a touchdown, that euphoric feeling you have, you know, that's a dopamine release. So praise, you know, releases dopamine. And and there's some really interesting studies where you take a a group of people and you praise half of them and you don't praise the other half. And you come back the week later, and you see the results. And the group that's been praised has always overachieving the other group. So, you know, I, I do think that it's not the fault of the industry. Technology is caught up, um, but you, you have to blend in. You know, the add boy and the add girls in the conversations, and you can't always just use the stick.
1: Yeah I, I agree with you and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up the blend, cuz the blending sorry, not the blending, uh bland with no egg in the potato salad but bl- the blending of these teas. Oh, things I I have
4: my comments on that so I'll let you know my position <laughs> <of> there <that. laughs> <laughs> I'm glad of that thank you uh
1: but blending them in right I mean because you've got to talk about those negative experiences and coach up those and or uh yeah the negative impacts and so forth right so uh, how do you bring those together you can't just say hey you did, congratulations you're great 90% of the time and ignore that one time or two times where there was, there was some issues there. So how does one get that information and, and, so, and blend that in?
4: Yeah. So I think, I think it starts with kind of the, the leadership approach. So we have a great customer that's located right in Phoenix, right outside the airport. Um, you know, it's a mid market account. Uh, they, uh, you know, they've done some, uh, testimonial work for us. And you know, so there's uh, blogs on our website for it. Um, but in this particular, uh, fleet that i'm thinking about they won't have a conversation with the driver unless they start with a positive right so although you're, you know you're itching at it to go talk about the, the driver who's speeding and you know that this guy's going to get a ticket and you know he's going to get inspected and it's going to cost you a lot of money but the approach they've taken is hey um last week you had 92 of your driving awesome 100 you know compliant driving you had these two driving events that we saw that someone cut you off and you created space. And that was spectacular. Let's talk about now how to make you an even better driver. Right. So the inverse of that conversation would be forget all the all the good all the good stuff I just added. And I'm only chasing you down in the hall to talk about three minutes of your day that you that you lost focus and you, mm-hmm. you know, you you, uh, you know, maybe had a mishap. Right, so it's it's the receipt of that information that's important, um, and we have a number of our customers that when they roll out our system for the first ninety days, they only use the positive uh, KPIs to broadcast success, and and uh, I would suggest that there's a powerful tool in envy, right? So if you have a hundred drivers in the room, and uh, in the old model, I would. Target three or four of those drivers and say, "Okay, you three or four, you're the bottom of the barrel." Um, uh, HR is going to talk to you, uh, and um, you know you're excused from the meeting. Well, the other ninety six people in the meeting went, you know, you are on the edge of their seat now. They're kind of going, "This is a bad culture. I don't like this." The inverse of that would be: what if you know you imagine where you have a hundred drivers? And instead of going after the four drivers at the bottom, you say, "Here's the four drivers at the top." And I'm going to put them on stage and I'm going to play an interesting video clip of them doing something special. Uh, And I'm going to give them a patch or a hat or I'm going to put their name in a drawing for, you know, a gift card. It doesn't have to be expensive, but Envy is a powerful tool because everyone else, it's called benign Envy. And benign Envy says, you know, it, it drives you where, you know, I see you two got recognized. I think I'm a better driver than you two, but you two are on stage. So my immediate reaction would be, OK, how do I become more like them? Because boss sure seems to like what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I want that feeling also. I want that connection with the company. So I think there, there's a couple tools and having that data now at our fingertips about what's happening. It's, it's changing the approach.
3: Yeah, I mean, put your drivers on prices right, not Squid Game, is what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that Makes positive, right? Re- leave with the positive <laughs> recognition, not <laughs> yeah. with uh, seeing your coworkers yeah. die and fall before you. That's not what you want to see. Sure, well, sure. My last question, I guess, for you before we get to potato salad yeah. is: uh, How do you measure some of this though? Is stuff like does stuff like drive stars work or video reviews?
4: Yeah. So so I so there's I've started to do a lot of I uh, call it correlating studies where I, I look at the number of driver stars and driver, you know, we have a driver star as an example, uh, that tracks consecutive full stops. Now you think this is a, it's a trivial thing, but you know, if you can start, you know, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. So if I can get someone who says every time I come to a stop sign, I'm going to come to a full stop, not a rolling stop, not a, you know, uh, you know, nobody's there. I'm just going to go through it. Um, there's a, there's a direct correlation of the increase of, um, uh, those achievements to the reduction of risk. So as I sit in the background, I'm going, okay, this is really cool. They bought into the positive and my negatives going down. Um, you know, that's the win that you have. And so there are certain KPIs that you can, you know, we started to track um, as an example, the number of driver stars compared to severe heartbreaking events um, or the number of miles, the expected miles where you might have a distracted driving event. I just pulled together a stat for one of our uh, emerging customers and they have something like every 4,500 miles, you know, they they have a distracted driving event. And and that started off about every thousand miles. So, you know, there's some interesting, I call it very high level KPIs where you can say, hey, I'm going to track not when the event happens, but why not track how long or the duration that event doesn't happen? Because those words have energy, right? So if I say, I really want you to do good work versus stop doing bad work, you know, those, those, those two different phrases have a different energy to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the first one actually motivates where the second one kind of says, hey, I'm a, I think you're okay with me doing a little bit bad stuff, but not a lot of bad stuff. So, right. you know, I think it's just approach and I think it's attitude.
3: Adam, that all makes a lot of sense. Now, yes, before we let you go, eggs or no eggs in the potato salad?
4: Well, you missed the important thing on the potato salad is what kind of potato salad. So I would go with a red-skinned potato with eggs.
3: Amen. Right. There you go. All right, you got another point. So I now did. it's five, what is no. it, four?
1: Two, I don't, two? I think, yeah, four, two, five, yeah. two, something None like of that. Those. this is just informal. This is like the informal. Well, yeah, this doesn't
3: count. Hey, what's
4: your website? So people I can think- go there. Uh, uh, Lots of great information. There's some blogs out there, some blog posts out there. There's some, uh, recordings like this of thought leadership pieces. Uh, so lots of information, uh, and feel free to visit us.
1: Cool. Thank,
3: thanks for your time today, Adam. I love it. Appreciate it. All right. Even though he didn't vote I think we a, do
1: agree on the red skin potato, though.
3: Uh, that's what I'll be picking up today. Yeah, the grocery store after the right show, right on, brother. Red I'll skin, be trash them in those aisles too. <laughs> your customers and investors want to know that your company is serious about sustainability. Show them the depth of your commitment when you rely on AIT Worldwide Logistics for your freight forwarding needs. From Scope three carbon footprint reporting to calculating emissions at the transaction level, partnering with AIT sends a clear message to stakeholders that you mean business when it comes to sustainability.
1: Learn more at Tell them, dude. Hey, go to AIT Worldwide dot-com Immediately after this show.
3: Headlines. Yeah. What do we got coming up here? What the hell's happening in the world? Not good stuff. What is this one? Shippers ready to fight back, drive truck driver overtime pay, and build a Congress. Why? Why? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Let's find out. John Gallagher says legislation aimed at ensuring overtime pay for truckers is close is getting close scrutiny from a major shipping group that plans to fight hard against it if the bill starts to gain any steam. They say if this gets any ground, we're going to step on its throat. The Guaranteed Overtime for Truckers Act was introduced in April by Representative Andy Levin. He's a Democrat from Michigan. Uh, it would repeal the motor carrier exemption in the Fair Labor Act. In the Fair Labor Standards Act, an exemption that excludes many drivers from overtime. Pay protections. That's
1: right. It, it, he goes on. So truck drivers across the country face brutal working conditions and are marked by inadequate pay and long hours. Levin com- commented when he yeah. introduced the bill. Agree 100. percent Despite their tireless work, truck drivers do not receive overtime pay fa- uh, for overtime hours. Amen. a well, The trucking industry faces an extremely high turnover rate as truckers cannot keep up with the thankless demands of their job. And 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 they're owed right. I mean, they're they benefit when uh, they need to be owed. They're they're owed this stuff here. I'd like to know who are these people who are against it. Though.
3: Well, Jeff Tucker, head chairman of NITL's Highway Committee and CEO of a freight brokerage company, Tucker Company Worldwide, he actually considers this legislation a potential threat. He said, if it gains steam and if there are bells and whistles affixed to it, it could stand to undo progress we've made deregulating the mm. freight environment. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, because you're looking at changing a regulation here, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it is good or bad. Yeah. In addition, if the bill were enacted, in theory, drivers would have to be paid for a lot of the time that they're not currently paid for. The horror! Oh the my horror, gosh. Michael Vincent. Yeah. You're kidding me! But he says that won't be sustainable. That's what Avery Weiss, VP of Trucking for Transportation Consultancy, FTR, said in that meeting. He said it will not be sustainable to pay drivers overtime. What kind of industry are we in? I, I don't understand. What kind of industry are we in? we got to talk to Rooster and Super Trucker about that in just a little bit. we just got a couple more headlines to get through here. Take a look at this video real quick of these drones.
1: Hey, Dallas-Fort Worth. Drone delivery is coming to your neighborhood. Simply download the Flytrex app place your order. Keep your eyes on the skies. Delivery has never been cooler. Be the first on your block to order lightning-fast takeout. Need-it-now grocery items or that afternoon cup of Joe. (laughs) tracks. Delivery takes flight. I think that one guy had, like, a pre-poured beer on his app. It's like a mug of beer. (laughs) Listen
3: to me. You're not delivering cups of coffee by <laughs> a drone with the regular lid, like like you just walked right. out of Starbucks. No. I, half the time, I crushed that on my own hand, I, burning I, myself I, like listen, a moron. I
1: ordered my eggs for my potato salad with Flytrix. I hope they don't get cracked when they drop them off.
3: Well, Flytrix is pretty interesting. They're starting to do deliveries. What are they, They're they like the ice cream man now. In North Carolina and Texas, they have an app. You can open it up. You can order from uh, multiple Unilever brands mm-hmm. that they have the deal with, and that says in like, what, under three minutes, they'll bring you an ice cream cone yeah, or a fudge I,
1: I don't buy it. Granberry, Texas. So it's Granberry, Texas and then uh, Rayford, Fayetteville, and, and uh, Holly Springs in North Carolina. So you got yeah. some in North Carolina as well. Can be ordered to ver- the virtual ice cream brand directly through the Flytrex app. The service will be operated in conjunction with longtime Flytrex partner, Causeway Aviation Unlimited. They've got a waiver from the FAA, FAA to deliver one nautical mile. I, I guess look, that's I can sightless, see right? a
3: wrapped ice cream bar if you can get there in under three minutes. Just don't fly too close <laughs> to the SunFly trucks like Icarus, <laughs> or all your drumsticks are going to start melting all over the place. I'm telling but you. But you know what? I know that you're a drone hater. That's why I put these stories I'm not on a here. drone hater. To get, you, just to get bu- you off your game. Walmart and DroneUp are expanding drone delivery to six states now. Four million more people have been added to their delivery network. That's what Brian Strait says on Modern Shipper. Millions of Americans are going to have access to drone delivery this year, so you're finally going to get that bottle of wine you always talk about.
1: Or, or uh, you will rue the day. You will rue the day. The two companies announced on Tuesday a drone delivery service expansion in six states and 34 sites, bringing aerial delivery to thousands of Walmart uh, uh, f- of thousands of Walmart items to customers within 30 minutes. Four million Americans are going to cover.
3: I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell you guys. Uh, I'll I'll bring on Rooster and Justin after this right. ad read. I'll have them tell us what they think the number one drone ordered item is from Walmart. Boys, do not Google that. Think about that in the background uh, in your soundproof boots over there. For over 30 years, history lesson, Michael Vincent, for over 30 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for higher carriers. With advanced technologies and exceptional client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go beyond!
5: compliant <laughs> nice. all right that let's like bring you up
3: boys you heard the trivia question you've had a chance to think about it it is rooster james bowen and it is super trucker justin martin what is the number one item ordered by these walmart drones he's oh. muted we got to unmute super trucker
6: <laughs> there we go uh i want to say uh us throw some wild out there
3: i won't
5: say toilet paper
3: toilet paper
6: all right uh, not bad
5: paper.
3: What do you got, Super Trucker?
5: I said toilet paper. So you I'll, both said I'll toilet go, paper. Uh, paper towels. All
3: right. We, well, it's something you're going to need after you eat it, you're going to need some toilet paper. Was hamburger helper?
1: Whoa. See, I was yeah. going with fried chicken. Love well, you know what?
3: The chicken. takeaway that they were making on that, the takeaway that they said was that hamburger helper tells you that a lot of people are using this service for like immediate, last minute needs, mm, which you know makes yeah. sense. Why else yeah, would yeah, you have yeah, things thrown no. over? Yeah, that's you true. Your needles.
4: I got a
1: question. If somebody shoots down a drone in your neighborhood, are they knocking on your door first?
6: Yep. <laughs> I live in New Jersey,
3: yeah. so probably
6: not. Well, he's high, Brass, right I,
3: here. I, I, <laughs> I think Rooster's more than one nautical mile away from uh, drone civilization on that farm. <laughs> hey, let's look at some rates. Let's look at the truck stop rates first, because, you know, it's it's a week of bad news. This is mildly good news, although dude expected with road check and uh and memorial day but a minor uptick rooster you put an article up about this on backthetruckup.com tell us what we're looking at here
6: well uh, not much but we do have a few cent increases in all three categories you know uh flatbed still king in the hill right now uh you also got van and reefer also going up a few cents Hopefully, we still see some pressure, and we get uh, get Van back above that three dollar mark. You know, back in the sane territory, not the,
3: the the crazy rates we've seen here in the last few weeks. Yeah, well, we were up eight cents in the dry van spot market, which, you know, not huge, but it ends a losing streak that started back in February, just a yeah. complete downward spiral of spot rates. So any uptick at this point is uh if you actually if you're on the trucking side of this, is good news for uh for you out there. As we have yeah. reported earlier in the show too, um used equipment demand has fallen too. So in capacity expansion seems to be ending. So that is some good news. Let's look at the index though. Compare when you compare this to diesel fuel, things look a lot more grim, don't they, Rooster? Well, it doesn't look comfortable, but uh, you know, with the fuel prices
6: line, we also get, I believe, a uh, a uh, strategic oil, uh, petroleum reserve report come out. We're at the lowest level since like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, not good. It's 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 not it's not looking good and until we get some more refining capacity going on. We start pushing fuel up the pipelines, uh, particularly uh, Colonial, which kind of owns the the route for Pad One, as you see on the screen. Uh, it's going to stay like this, these uh, record, near record highs. Yeah. So
3: let, let, let's say, so how long, let's let's play a little game here drive okay. in streak of rising. I'm going to say it's going up. I know it's going to go up probably next week, too, because Memorial Day. So, but how many yeah. weeks will it go up? I'm going to say it only goes up two weeks. I'm saying it just gets this bump and it drops right back down again like a dead rock. What do you say, Justin?
5: Yeah, I, I pretty much agree.
3: Yeah, next week, a little bump, but then it dropped down again.
1: Are we talking yeah. with fuel or without?
3: Just a, drive-in race, just a yeah, stop drive in rates. Yeah, drive
1: in rates with the with the with the fuel. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm totally with we're gonna you. We get another bump, but it's it's don't get yeah. too excited. Yeah. It looks like we stranded two runners in the bottom of the eighth. Is what it looks like right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, before you guys came on, we I were talking not- about this. Um, we were talking about this shipper overtime bill. You guys were drivers. What do you think about that one? Jeff Tucker, he said it would be well. Avery Vice said it would be of FTR. He said it would be completely unsustainable. You can't pay drivers an overtime wage. Uh, the guy from Tucker said, "Well, we're trying to deregulate the industry here. So, what, what do you want us to do? This would regulate the industry more." Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think?
5: Well I was paid overtime at the postal service you know you had overtime after eight hours and double time after ten. so you get guys that work you know sixty seventy, eighty hours a week uh driving local you know it's pretty good money yeah, well, sure, but, yeah. Well, I, I is it sustainable I don't know I,
3: mean, I guess I mean the postal service some would argue that's not sustainable
5: yeah they'd, yeah because exactly you'd make make have money. you'd have like a handful of guys at the top making all the overtime they just work crazy, crazy, crazy hours and then you know, I didn't really. The, the longer I worked there, the less overtime I was working. Cause at the end of the day, I just want to get home.
6: Yeah. But uh, just, I just,
5: this, this would change, this would change so many things out there if they try to implement this. I, I don't see how it would,
1: how it would work. I, I don't know how it would actually build things up. I'm interested in what Rooster would say. Cause I, I've got an opinion on it. Yeah. Rooster, what do you think on this one? Uh, being mileage pay my
6: whole career, it's, it's going to be hard to calculate how much would this bring the rate down. In order to add these overtime hours, That's also it. for by mile by yeah. mile driver, how would you have to submit to shippers your your logs to prove that you know you drove over eight hours and you deserve overtime? I mean this. Yeah, there, there's don't... more than mileage and pay. Is there's some of the privacy details we got to go about this also.
1: I agree. I think it opens up that, that slippery slope of regulation that that guy from Tucker was talking about because now you got to look at the yeah. miles pay, like Rooster said, to make up for that overtime. How no, does I know it work?
3: sounds bad. And, you know, it does. When you're like, you, you can't pay drivers. And it sounds it sounds really shitty, doesn't it? You yeah. can't pay them overtime. It's not sustainable. What kind of industry are we running that you can't do that? But when you also think about how this industry is run, like Rooster just said, they're just going to play a shell game with it anyway. Yeah. They're just going to take that coin and, and then throw that rate right into your overtime pay. Exactly. Or they're going to book you less hours if you're... Uh, uh, a company guy and they're not paying overtime. Exactly. They're gonna you know, they'll figure out another, look. You're a truck driver, they're gonna figure out some way to screw you. They're already thinking about it right now.
1: Sounds right? like political. <laughs> yep. It sounds like it uh, looks like political that. BS that.
3: Let's look at something, uh well, let's talk about something that's BS. Is is rates. This guy has been let's let's play the video. Yeah, this you guy's got the solution
1: right here. Here's the solution. Okay, one, one,
3: one second, one second.
0: Why do you have a horse? Why do you have a horse? <laughs>
1: Just got to get a fifth wheel on there.
3: So so on my honeymoon, we went to Costa Rica and I had to ride a horse down a mountain. And it was like one of the scariest things I did. It's way high. If you're not used to being on a horse, like it's you're way higher up than you think you are. And it started like walking off the trails and everything.
1: Did the horse kind of look at you like, I don't think so, buddy. He did.
3: Yeah, he just started. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no. But you guys, what are you thinking? Are you thinking of getting rid of the car and getting a horse? Either of you. You, Do you have horses, Rooster, on that farm?
6: Uh, Actually, no, I don't. It's been since like, Sophomore year high school, says I rode a horse. Yeah. So, yeah, saddle sores. I'm not really too fond of
1: those. I, I think I picture Rooster riding a huge ox. Yeah, he would have not to ride a like horse. a buffalo or I something. I think he would like a buffalo, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if you saw us, if you saw all three, if you saw all four of us at uh, at the thing, you know that we're all pretty tall and big guys. So We're not you know, riding for ponies don't like us
5: on
1: Ain't the no lightweights here, folks. No, there's some beef. There's
5: yeah. some beef
3: up Speaking there. Speaking of beef, what, look
1: at this beef on the highway. Play this on TikTok.
5: Remember that video from a few years back that went viral that had a Chicken McNugget filler? Well, I guess hot dog filler isn't too far off because this driver just spilled 17,000 pounds of it all over <laughs> I-70.
0: Ugh.
3: Look at that. Look at that picture right there. Do you think that stick is part of, like, the earthy flavor of the hot dog filler? What is going on here? So are they, is this, like, floor-loaded hot dog filler? You guys can diagnose it a little better. What am I looking at here?
5: <laughs> well, that looks Never like a pallet there
0: inside the door. trailer.
1: Is so that one of those flexi van things that they stuff like all the wine in? Right? You know,
3: uh, is that a even bladder. a reefer? Can you keep? Can you keep the uh, hot dog filler at room temperature?
5: I've never touched this stuff. I got uh, no idea. The, but it looks. It looks like it was well, inside the cardboard the boxes.
1: This just in: Oscar Meyers stock is tanking.
5: Oscar Mayer stock
3: is tanking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess a lot of, where was that Costco too? That was I-70. That. You know what happened to Costco. <laughs> Justin, you remember where this, uh, this bill, didn't the drive, the driver got sentenced for this too, right? His brakes didn't work on his truck. Speaking of road check week last week, this guy, his brakes didn't work. So he ended up being liable for this, uh, this big hot dog spill.
5: Yeah. Yeah. They don't mess around with uh, equipment failure like that. Cause it's up to you to maintain and check the vehicle. Yeah. All right. So here's a crazy story that you are about to put it. You may have just published it or it's publishing
3: soon. Rooster, it's a story of this baby formula swindle that has been going on. There was a trio of, of knuckleheaded idiots who were walking around and a truck driving hero. Tell us what happened here.
6: Basically, this uh, this scam started back in 2013, It involved uh, actually four people down in Miami uh, what they were doing? They were ch- taking uh charitable donations of baby formula and childcare products going to the nation of uh, Suriname down in South America. It's you know right next door to the Venezuela, and it started off they were shipping products that were not on the manifest. You know the manifest say baby formula. They was shipping God knows what. Then it turned into. They did paperwork showing that they shipped something when, in actuality, they did not. Then it just uh, went downhill from there. Two hundred million dollars uh, scam, right? Two hundred million dollars scam that 200 these four plus, were running. Over two hundred million. Eighteen over years in prison for this. Dollars, Eighteen years. Uh, they had uh, a six a six bedroom mansion in Miami down on Golden oh. Beach. They had to surrender. Mm. They had a three bedroom condominium at. Very, uh, very nice place they had to surrender. 48 Uh, foot yacht, brother.
1: 48 foot yacht, yacht
6: too.
3: Oh, I. I, Well, uh, what do you think of this quote, though? So, Hold on. This is the guy. So let me give this guy's name out because he's a scumbag. I'll give out his name here. It is, uh, and it's in the story. Did I have his name here? Johnny right? Johnny Grubman. All right. Johnny Grubman. So he was busted by a truck driver. Truck driver figured out that this freight wasn't going where it needed to be. He dropped a dime on them. So this is what the ringleader, Johnny Grubman, (laughs) wrote. These are in official court documents. He writes, we have worked 12 years plus with minimal issues. We should be fortunate about it. I understand every time we lose some line, it affects us all. But this, it's out of control that a driver talks. These are the kind of morons that elected our president. <laughs> Does he know anything about the truck driving community? Of all the people to blame for electing Biden, I don't think you would put it on the trucking community.
6: Yeah, Johnny Grubman. In 2021, he, yeah, 2021, he actually tried to get a retrial of his case, and the judge said, nope.
3: <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Should get I mean, a retrial? You put
6: material, yeah, he tried to get yeah, a retrial. Yeah, just so they can get him the
3: higher sentence. It. Give him a higher sentence. (laughs) Give him a higher sentence, yeah. we For wasting
5: the court's time.
3: Hey, Justin, we have another TikTok from you here about this. No gas. Let's roll it.
5: Well, this situation sucks. You got a truck stop in California, a TA. (laughs) State can't keep the lights on 24-7. But the people that own the truck stop didn't have the foresight to buy a diesel generator for when the power goes out. My favorite thing about every one of Justin's videos is when he ducks his head out of the way to like show you if there's like an image or something.
3: (laughs) It's my favorite part. By the way, back the truck up TikTok. It's uh, I think we have over 4,000 followers on there. One of your videos had over 750,000 views. But tell us a little bit about that story that happened at the gas station.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, California is notorious for rolling brownouts during the summer when Mm -hmm. uh, electric capacity can't meet the demand. And, you know. It is what it is when it comes to that state. But if you're running a business there that relies on uh, needing electricity to keep your product flowing, like it's up to you to make sure you uh, can prepare for the rolling brownouts.
3: When I lived out yeah. in SoCal, I was so sick of like resetting the time on my microwave and uh, my uh, oven too. Really? Because they would kill the power there like yeah. all the time, and they would kill yeah. it in the middle of the night. Um, if you're relying on like a plug-in alarm clock, sure. fortunately um, this was like 2000, so I finally had a cell phone. But uh, yeah, not cool.
1: Wow. Not wow! Cool. Now I lived in South Florida, and they paid—they they bought electricity from us at, at uh, the company I was here because we had our own generators. Yeah. So they had the ability to turn them on to prevent the rolling black brownouts.
3: Now, I got to ask you guys. So you're out in the road. We got a, Mark Manera. He's been writing some articles on us for uh, the healthiest snacks to get out when you're driving. Healthiest things to eat. His latest one was tel- ten healthy things you can get at any truck stop. But let me ask you guys: healthy or not? Like Rooster, what was what's your go-to truck stop snack?
5: Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Smart man. Well, how about Amen. you, Justin? uh like bag popcorn the cheddar popcorn
1: oh
3: okay and lots, lots of
5: napkins because that stuff gets everywhere all right what about pretzel uh pizza combos those are good
1: yeah,
6: no, no, no. I, I actually I have actually almost choked the on one of those driving oh. down the road. Ooh. Combos is n- negatory. Oh, that's what those killed President don't, Taft. Those don't so be yeah, be careful. Careful. President
3: Taft. President Taft. Well, let me ask combo. you. So out of these 10 snacks, this, this is gonna be pretty easy. But here's for those of you who have not already made your choices. We got pure protein bars, premium protein shakes, blue diamond, natural almonds, uh, non-fat Greek yogurt. You can go with string cheese, hummus and pretzels popcorn as he mentioned fruit planters uh portable protein pack and that beef jerky or that beyond jerky if you don't eat the meat right right on basically what they're trying to do here is cut uh, down some sugar uh, and carbs for you that's what mark's trying to do he's trying to get you don't like the beyond so you're not packing jerky packing the uh, like things on by the way before we let you guys go eggs or no eggs start with you eggs or no eggs in the potato salad justin
5: i'm team i don't like potato salad but my wife's family ran a deli for years so they use no eggs okay how about you rooster
6: eggs. The lady in the room next door always puts eggs in
3: her potato salad. I'm not going to say that. All right. Here's something to leave you all with to think about and to add to your fears about what's going on in the okay. world. NASA footage shows an underwater sharkcano home to mutant fish has erupted. That's right. Mutant sharks are going out at the Cavici volcano. Keep your eyes out for that. NASA will be on the show Friday. Maybe we'll ask him how to find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Super Trucker. Find him at Rooster BTU. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell them how to be.
1: Peace and love, everybody. Spread it everywhere.